1: Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports tonight. I am joined by former NAU basketball player Brian Burns. How are you doing today, Brian?
0: I'm great. Thank you very much. I uh, had a chance to listen to some of your episodes. I think it's great the fact that you're reaching out to to these other people in the state of Montana and uh, and giving them a chance to, to talk with you and visit with you. I think it's great.
1: Oh, of course, you know, I mean, a lot of people kind of write off all our whole area, but especially Montana in sports and. I've been so surprised how many people a have had great careers out of the state of Montana, but b I will just randomly shoot messages to people, and within a few days they're like, "Yeah, I'll come on."
0: Yeah, it's great, and I I've been taking my kids to uh, when my boys are young to the Class B basketball tournament in wherever it was at, just because I you know I think there's so so many great basketball or just for us it was basketball, but I think there's so many great sports stories in the state of Montana. Um, and the one that I'd always tell him about is Elvis Old Bull, you know, in the 90s, how, how great he was. And and a lot of people have never, a lot of people from out of the state have never heard of him. And I I usually run through the whole story with him. And I, so I think there's just great hidden gems uh, in the state of Montana as far as sports go. And I'm a, I'm a big fan, so.
1: Definitely, for sure. So what is your backstory a little bit? Because, I mean, you kind of gave me a little synopsis in our message before this. And I was like, you've got a long history. So I'm just going to let you tell me your whole history. Yeah.
0: So I grew I, I grew up in Kepping, Montana, up in, on the high line there. And about my sophomore year, um, I moved to Florence there in the Bitter Valley. And always a big, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, basketball, I, I think that was the best time for the NBA specifically. That's really what I followed, the Celtics and the Lakers. So I was a, I was a big fan and, and devoted a lot of my time Um to playing basketball, and in those small little towns in Montana, like the cupbanks and the you know the Havers you were talking about, that are kind of on an island. If you 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 played sports a lot, you know it wasn't really what sport you played, what season is it? And the one that I really you know gravitate to is basketball. So my sophomore year in high school, I went to Florence, finished out high school there, played basketball. Um, that was in the Western B Conference, and. I was just I was just uh, kind of set on playing college basketball and I figured I was small a small guy and you know I knew that getting money for school was a big deal so I joined the, I joined the Navy right out of high school with the sole purpose of um, getting bigger and stronger and and then having money for school when I got done so I'd be kind of a, it was kind of leverage for me if I wanted to play basketball somewhere. So I got finished up. Actually, when I was in the Navy, I played for the Navy team in San Diego as a tryout. And th- those those guys that were on that t- team were bigger and faster and stronger. But I was fortunate enough to to make the cut. And so coming out of there, I, I we played some of the local colleges there. And when we traveled overseas, um, we were, did a couple tours to the Persian Gulf. And along the way, you'd hit these spots. So I got a chance to play and get a lot of experience. And with with good players, you know, players that were better than, you know, an 18 year old rim rattling kid out of Montana. Um, but by the time I was done with the Navy, I, you know, that was kind of the plan. I was, I was bigger, stronger, and I had a mindset to play college basketball somewhere and being from the big sky state in the big Sky conference. I knew a lot of these teams, but I sent about a hundred letters out to different schools across the country. And a couple of them got back with me, a handful of them got back with me. And one of them was Northern Arizona. And the only thing I knew them from was they're in the big sky, they're in the big sky conference and took a drive out there and loved it. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Flagstaff, Arizona, but it's not like Arizona, you'd think. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's 7,000 feet elevation. It's got the log, largest ponderosa pine forest in the world. You know, so these are trees and there's a. so when I drove out there, I was very surprised at how much it was like the state of Montana. And uh, they gave me an opportunity to play there uh, to, to, you know, the following season to come on and walk on. And when I left there, the coach's name was Harold Merritt and he was the head basketball coach there. And everything was set up for me to come on and 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 play that season and that summer he got fired oh no um, was not having a very good season so my <laughs> my my uh house of cards seemed like it was it, it was a little bit uh starting to tumble a little bit but they got a new head coach that came in his name was Ben Howland and I don't I didn't know anything about him um and I was in Cup Bank I was in Montana that summer and I was at um, Larry Christovia had a place on Flathead. Oh yeah, and there was, he had a friend of his named Connor Henry that I met at a basketball camp, and he was up there. So I was talking with him, and he was kind of a mentor for me. Uh, he played. He played in the NBA and he played in college at Santa Barbara. And I was telling him the story, and he. It just so happens that Ben Howland was his assistant coach at Santa Barbara, and. He was, you know, he knew enough about me that he put a call in, and so I was actually in a better spot. I mean, uh, when I went down to NAU. So anyway, had a had a chance to play college basketball at Northern Arizona, and by um, a legendary coach. I mean that, you know, to see that, you know, to to witness someone who really knew what they were doing, and to teach. I really loved basketball, and sort of learn from someone that you know that knew it very well, and for me to pass on to um you know my kids and and I have coached a couple teams and did some you know assistant coaching in high school was a was a real blessing for me and so just kind of stumbled on a lot of different things along the way but um eventually made it back to Montana so you know that's a reader's digest version of of really you know (laughs) growing up in cup bank and then back up here in Montana but um it was a it was a interesting ride and um Basketball was kind of central of, of, of everything I did from high school on.
1: Uh, so cool. And now, you know, from the NAU kind of coaching tree in football, not basketball, we brought NAU's coach up to have her.
0: <laughs> How about that? Drum Sauer. So what's really interesting is he was the football coach when I was at college at Northern Arizona right so all the back in the 90s he he came on after getting Steve Axman was the head football coach there then they bring a guy from Montana Jerome Sowers so he was the head football coach when I was playing basketball in Northern Arizona and then my youngest son Will is now playing at northern right and I was up there um, this summer I I was actually in Haber when I saw that come across there and um (laughs) couldn't believe it. I mean, what are the odds that my son's playing at a school that has the head football coach, the one that I had in college. And I was up there last week, helping him blow the stuff up. It, he was all done with school for the, for the year and poked my head in and coach Stowers was in there. So I got a chance to sit down and visit with him for about a half an hour. We got, kind of got caught up. It was, it was kind of uh, kind of neat. And he's a great person. I think that he's going to do great things up there and um, his heart's in the right place. And he's a Montana guy. And, um, there's nowhere else to go from up right now. You know, I think hes they're going to give him a lot of room. They picked a great guy that, to lead the ship up there.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't think of a more, I guess, a guy with more pedigree to um, head that ship is what I was trying to think of.
0: Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I think still, and I, I'm sure that, you know, Coach Halk, he's got a lot of wins under his belt. But I think today, right now, that Sowers is the leading, has the, uh, he's, he's, has the leading wins in the big sky conference history. I think he's, unless that's, changed, that's swapped hands, but you're talking about a guy who's got a lot of wins and, and has yeah. seen a lot. So I think that's great for Haver. And it's what a great community. You said your dad um, grew up in Haver. Yeah. I didn't know much about it until we went up there. And um, I, I just think it's great. The, this, the town rallies around the high school and the college, and it's just a lot of support, small town feel. I mean, I, I really, I really like Haver. I mean, I'd always say before that, I'm like, man, who would want to go up to Haver? But no, (laughs) anyone who says that hasn't been there. That's what I'll say. Exactly.
1: No, for sure. So, you know, being um, or playing at a little bit higher level with NAU, you play at some cooler places than, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe like Northern, things like that. Mm -hmm. So where are um, some places you've been able to play that are your favorite?
0: Well, when I was in when in the when I came on, I came into NAU. Boise State was still in the Big Sky, so oh, was true. Idaho. Yeah. So Boise State had a great facility. You know, they hosted a lot of the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, the like the first rounds and stuff. So, um, and right across, I remember when we went we pulled in there to play. That's they had the blue field there. So it was right I was going to ask so if they so had that. Take, yeah. Instead of taking a left, I ran over there real quick to the right and, and checked out the blue field because that was like the the first field that was outside of the classic green you know white striped football field. So Boise State was was in that conference and I think their stadium was was unique. You know Weaver State has a unique um, I don't know if it's a stadium or just the atmosphere that they bring in there. Um, but I would say that the best stadium as far as atmosphere um, was Montana before they did the remodel because if you remember that place the student section i don't know if you remember or not but the student section was down on the main level and mm-hmm. then when they did their shuffling and they did the remodel and they kind of upgraded i guess that student section was taken away but my assistant coach that we had so ben halen was our head coach but our assistant coach was jamie dixon and i don't know if you're familiar with jamie dixon but he's the head coach at T- texas christian now and you know he followed Bet- coach Hallam to pittsburgh and then mm-hmm. but I remember at the time he was um, he was telling the other players on the team that Montana, no joke. Like if you, when you come to Missoula, it's that atmosphere is at least 10 points because of, of what it's it's created. But um, we played in Arizona, which, you know, it's a bigger stadium. Oh yeah. Uh, Bigger doesn't always mean better. You know, I I think NAU stadium is long overdue to get a basketball facility. There's a lot like Idaho, Idaho state, these two places are still playing in facilities that were designed for football. So, um, but Montana was the true basketball stadium. So was Weber state, but in um, the bigger school, the PAC, 12 schools, they're, they're just bigger basketball stadiums, you know, but I would say Montana before they did their remodel was probably, it, it, it held a special place for me. You know, I grew up watching Larry Christoviac, right. you know, and, and these guys play in there. So for me, it was special. And so I, I really liked coming back and, um, you know, seeing seeing the, lo- you know, playing in a place that I had grown up just, you know, kind of idolizing and, and want, always wanting to be a part of it.
1: For sure. Well, and now to add to Weber State's kind of coolness, their alumni, Damian Lillard, really helped out their that?
0: basketball arena. You know, I think before, I think Damian Lillard, he's got to be the greatest player to come out of the Big State Conference, right? I mean, before yeah. that, it was probably Michael Ray Richardson, you know, or, you know, Chris but Michael Ray was kind of the name that everyone talked about. And um, now you got Damon Lullard, you know, what a great story. You're getting more good players that'll come into t- the big sky. I mean, Ron Stuckey, Stuckey was there that had a nice NBA career. But um, yeah, Weaver States, I think they got it, man. I think they got the player that has actually done the most in the NBA out of the Big Sky Conference.
1: Yeah, hey, the Bobcats had Tyler Hawley got in one game this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, that's. let me just tell you something. Basketball is a young man's game. And there comes a point, I, I tell my my son's teammates, you know, that enjoy it and, and take it all in. I know when my son went and played at Northern Arizona in the first couple of weeks. You know, it's a transition going from a senior in high school to to you know, this is a different type, type of basketball, you know, Boy, this isn't, you're not being coached by this, someone who's also doubling as a teacher, you know, you just go, this is a big deal, but he was kind of, you know, he's just going through a time where he's in transition. I just told him, look, man, when you walk in there, enjoy the moment because it's going to be gone soon. And it's, and it's a really unique thing to be a part of. So the guy gets in for one NBA game. That's awesome. I mean, right. That's, that is very, very cool. And it's, and it's going to, you know, hold on to those memories because sports are such a great thing and is be a part of them as long as you can. It's, it's very special in our family. It's a big deal.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you're from small town, Montana, obviously small town, Montana is very close knit, very, I think sports centered. I don't know if that's the right word, but they really rally around the sports of the local high schools. What is, or what does that mean to the players and to the school to have that kind of support?
0: Well, in those small towns, I mean, um, the sports is, I mean, that's a big deal. And sometimes it's almost, I'll say this because I was, I was grew up in those small towns and then I, you know, I lived in a bigger town. I kind of, and then I became a coach. Um, Sometimes the, the pressure that those parents put on the, I mean, these kids, and it is a big thing. And and the reason why the pressure is there is because it means so much to those small communities. You know, mm-hmm. they hang their hat on, on, um, on their sports, you know, how they perform, how they, I know when I was growing up in cup bank and we would have a Nerf hoop and we would get our, our white t-shirts out and we would take a marker and write the names of, you know, the teams we were, it wasn't the Lakers and the Celtics. It was the Conrad Cowboys. It was the Shelby coyotes. It was the cut bank wolves. I mean, <laughs> And those the reason why we did that was because, those, you know, for in grade school, those high schoolers, we knew those high schoolers and they were almost like superstars to us. And yeah. it wouldn't be long before we were in those wearing those same uniforms and the school colors and the mascots. You know, that's a big deal. And I coached at Loyola as assistant coach there. And we went back to Shelby for a preseason tournament. And just to, to go into the Shelby gym, it meant a lot to me because I remember how special a place uh, those, those gyms were in the Shelby coyotes and the colors and the mascots. So in those smaller communities, it's a big deal. And um, those kids remember it forever. I mean, it's, it's different. I'll just say this. It's like NAU. NAU is kind of a very transient student body. You know, mm-hmm. so you didn't, you didn't have the following like you have at Montana and Montana State, you know. So that's just a scaled down version of what you have at Montana, Montana State. There's a lot of pride. People really take it seriously. Um, you know, being from Cup Inc. and Shelby, which is like 25 miles, you'd think that you're from two different countries. You know, like there's something wrong with those people from Shelby. They don't drive very good or they're just <laughs> weird. You know, they're 20 miles down the road on the Highline. line. So um, it's, it was a great place to grow up. But there is some... You know pressure on those kids, you know these parents like you know, they live and die by these games. and they still 20, thirty years later they talk about specific games and things that they did. so it's a it's a cool place. It's Americana is really what it is. some of those Oh
1: places. for sure, no, for sure. So I have to ask, growing up in the 80 s, how the heck were you not a bulls fan?
0: Well, listen. You know as well as I do. When you grow up in Montana, you don't have you can pick any professional team you want. It doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, basketball. You, you're at the luxury of picking any team you want. And in the in the boat, wall, early '80s is when I became a Celtics fan. So that was this was before Michael came into the league. Okay. This Magic and, the and I'm from an Irish Catholic family, so you know you just kind of gravitate towards the shamrock. And then the you know, Larry Bird comes in. And you know, sometimes you can't put a finger on why you're a why you're you like a certain team in Montana. But I know uh, that, I know that in in the '80s, um, the Celtic I love the Celtics, and Dennis Johnson was their point guard, and I thought he was just fantastic. He wasn't very imposing looking, but he did a great job. And um, I just I just liked that. That was it, you know. And you didn't have the you had to VCR and record these games. You didn't have them on demand, you know. So when the Celtics played, it was like it was like, you know, a religious event. I had to sit down and record it and watch it. So it's more so most of the Irish Catholic upbringing and then Larry Bird coming to play and kind of being a big deal.
1: Well, and especially, I mean, Boston's nowhere near Montana. So the amount of times they were probably on TV was few and far between.
0: (laughs) Well, the fact that they were, you know, as the Celtics and Lakers the whole time, we probably saw more than you did like the Utah jazz or something like that. But um, you didn't get, you didn't get sports back then like you do now. I, I told my kids that Monday, you know, NFL football, we didn't really find out the scores from Sunday until Howard Cosell gave it to us on Monday night football <laughs> at halftime. I can't even wrap their mind around that. But um, you didn't get sports on demand. So you follow the, you look at the great falls tribune out and you lay it out there and you look at box scores and see who won. But uh, the world's a much closer place now.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, we're completely spoiled. If I wanted to sit down every night at seven o'clock and watch some sports game
0: I could (laughs) no problem at all no yeah for sure that's it's
1: cool but different
0: (laughs) it's just different I think that's why you know I don't follow baseball that much anymore because I have a hard time sitting down for five hours you know I want things right now I want things to happen you know right away so if I don't get a score within you know 15 minutes after it happens. And baseball's such an old classic sport. You know, people want the history behind it and there's all this nostalgia, but it's kind of slow. now. I don't know if it can keep up with the fast pace that we have going on right now.
1: Oh, I know I'm even a, I'm a pretty diehard baseball fan myself. And I find myself kind of not watching all the games as I
0: maybe should be. <laughs> I'll follow them. You know, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. I'll follow them, but, Sometimes I just have a hard time carving out, you know, five hours <laughs> in the summer, sit down and watch a game or four hours, whatever they are.
1: For sure. For sure. So another thing you brought up while we were talking beforehand is you yourself have a podcast.
0: So yeah. what's that
1: about? And where can it be found?
0: <laughs> so this is kind of funny. Um, well, Rob Brown told me, you know, he said he had this podcast going on. So I went and looked at it and listened to a couple episodes and um Ironically enough, my brother who lives in Indianapolis was we had growing up in a small town, we we always throw these stories around. We talk about it and, you know, going out into the different lines of work that we have, we tell these stories about these small towns to people that are from like LA or from the East Coast. And they're shaking their heads like how does this, you know, what are you talking about, you know, the things that you did in these small towns like you get up in the morning and the rule was be home before the street lights came on, you know, yeah, and then the things that we did growing up because we didn't have these video games and stuff so. He said, "Listen, we need to get a podcast together and just talk about these the, our stories from these small towns and invite different people to come on and talk and tell their stories." So we started this podcast. as getting the, you know, people are following it and sharing it, and so I'll run into people and they'll they'll tell me that they listen to it because I this whole podcast thing is new to me as well. But the name of the podcast is Small Town Shenanigans, and um, it's about that's basically all it is. I think on some of those platforms, um, it's either Burns Towns a Burns boy, small town shenanigans or small town shenanigans, but we've done like nothing like what you, you've had over a hundred episodes. I think we got like eight episodes, but they're a lot of fun. And like, you said, I think I heard you mention, it's pretty easy. You go yeah. on there and my brother set it up and I just basically jump on the calls and start chewing the fat Perfect. with him. but it's a lot of fun. And, and we've gotten a lot of people that, that enjoy it. And, you know, when you're out and about and you got something to listen to, it's always nice to, to have a variety of different things to, to, to check out.
1: For sure. And that's another plus with our world now. I mean, so many people can just show their stories now. And it's really cool.
0: No, it is cool. And you you have the option of of choice. You know, if you don't like it after 10 minutes, you just switch to something else. Right. You got a good product to hang in there and listen to it. No, for sure. For sure.
1: Um. So then, you know, my other final thing here and really why I have you on and how I got to you is Rob Brown with his um, figurines big sky mm-hmm. custom figurines um how did you get in contact with him and how did yours turn out see
0: Rob's it I don't know how he does it I, I saw one of his figurines or something and, and anyone that doesn't know what what Rob does it's he's a real artist I mean he's very good at his craft and um if he got paid by the hour he'd be underpaid I'm just telling you that right? what he does is well <laughs> worth it so what he what I saw like a a custom figurine of someone in the state of Montana and I don't know how Rob and I connected I'm sure it was on Facebook or something but he did a um an NAU of me you know like in, in this detail I mean have you seen his work
1: yeah it's amazing I like he I've says seen send seen pictures ones, this, like with
0: tattoos and send pictures of the shoes send pictures of the logos on the basketball and it is just dialed in and so this was a while ago when he did our first one we, we've been in contact But he's done each one of my boys when they graduate. That was my graduation gift that I've given to them. And it's by far, bar none is the best gift that you can have. And if anyone hasn't seen this stuff, go to Big Sky. It was a Big Sky Customs. And yeah. Big guy customs. He could charge, he could charge 10 times what he's charging for these things, but I think he just loves what he does. He does a mm-hmm. great job. People are so happy with with uh, these figures because it's so personal. Like he gets straight yeah. down to the detail of the face and the uniforms. And so um when I saw that you were, you know, that he had you know he had these contacts. I mean, that's a, you couldn't find a better guy, especially for the state yep. of Montana. He does. He knows all about the mm-hmm. anyone who's done anything relative to sports in the state of Montana. Rob Brown's a guy. And he does a great. He does great work too.
1: No, I mean, I his work came across my Facebook because I think he did a friend of mine that uh, played for the Scarlets here in Billings, and I was like, oh my god! He even got like his facial expressions, mm-hmm. it's everything, and. So when I started this podcast, I uh, did my first few, and then I was kind of just thinking of who I could interview, and I was like, you know what, this guy that does these sports figurines would be a really different, cool interview, mm-hmm. and he's just been a
0: good guy, good friend ever since. He's a good human being too, you know. Not he only does good product; he does stuff. He's just a good guy, and um, I, I I think that uh, Rob is, you know, we just had this connection. From a long time ago and he did this thing and he's he's a man of his word you know I'd have to say like look my son's graduating in four years from now so I want to make sure because he's backed up you know I mean yeah but he doesn't do it but it's not mass mass producing these things he does them every individually each and every one of them so he's a great guy
1: for sure no I his work is beyond me he had like I said one guy with a Samoan tattoo all the way down his arm that he got completely right and then I think it's Tucker Yates. He had that really long hair out of his helmet when he was playing for MSU. Yeah. he got the texture of the hair, the color of the hair perfectly right. And I was like, how do you even
0: do that? There's probably <laughs> things on there that you didn't notice that, that, you know, Rob's such a perfectionist. There's probably things the some detail that you didn't notice, but it would drive Rob crazy if you didn't include it. So. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Great great work. For sure.
1: Well, hey, um, Brian, is there anything else that you you know, want to advocate for athletes to maybe want to go to the next level that they should do to push them to the next level? Well,
0: I have a couple of things I'll say on that. Um, from being a, from a coach's perspective and a player's perspective is number one, if, if a kid really loves what he does and if he enjoys the sport for the sake of it being the sport, right. Not because he was good at it. Cause that's mm. not always that you, you can be good at a lot of things, but unless you really have a desire in your heart, um, that's the only reason parents got to get out of the way at some point and say, look, cause I did that with my kids. I'm like, I'll help you, but I have to know that you want to do it. So number one, you have to really, you have to love the sport for what it is because you'll never make it in college if you don't. And number two, if you do, you do have all those, you check those boxes off. You just have to, you know, you kind of have to just be your own um, agent. You know, you have, mm-hmm. to be your, you have to be your own biggest fan because some kids sit back and wait for people to contact them in the world that we live now. Um, you have to go out and sometimes create your own opportunities. And so creating your own opportunities, I always think sports are a great wow. lesson, not only just because of the sports aspect, but that's also true with whatever else you do. And, um, grinders always win. So you have to love what you you have to love what you do. And then also you have to promote yourself and find every little angle that you can to, to try to pursue that dream. Cause it's a very short window and you got to make yes. the most of it
1: for sure. Well, Hey, Thanks, Brian, so much for coming on tonight and go check out your podcast. And
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. And I, I love what you're doing because I'm going to go back and look. and I, I can't wait to uh, to see who you have on here. And I'm going to send you some names along the way, too. Um, I'll just throw one out here right now. Kirk Walker from Darby. I don't know if you've had. He's a longtime uh-huh. friend of mine. Um, we, we knew each other in high school. We knew each other in college. Um, and they just, they just did an article on him that, you know, one record that they didn't really keep track of is he has the highest single season scoring, um, average in the, for a single season, like it's some crazy 27, 28, or 37 to 38 points per game. But he played for the Montana Grizzlies, a local kid from a small school. So, um, I, I, there's a lot of, like I said, when we started this conversation, there's a lot of great stories in the state of Montana and doing this, they need a platform for people just to talk about them and, and, uh, for anyone who's a true Montana and who loves this stuff, I'm glad that you're doing this.
1: Of course, it's it's been fun. I mean, this blew up way beyond what I thought when I first started this. Actually, I started it with a friend of mine who's just talking sports because we both love sports. And I had an author actually out of Arizona um, reach out to me to do an interview for his book. And it was a sports book. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I've never done an interview. Why not? And it just blew up from that.
0: That's awesome. Well, good for you, man. You enjoy what you're doing. I think this is a great product. And uh, all the best You you. Know, like I said, I'll send you, I'll, I'll be in touch with you because as I, you know, drive, I do a lot of driving. I'll, I'll throw some names at you because there's a lot of great stories here kind of just hidden in, in the state here.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, Brian. And have a great rest of your night and safe drive tomorrow.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Take care.
1: All right.